Hello and welcome to Centre Stage, a program for the International Centre for Women Playwrights, a virtual non-profit organisation dedicated to supporting women playwrights around the world. Centre Stage celebrates the work of members by showcasing excerpts of their work, followed by an interview where we can hear about their ideas and sometimes their process. I'm Jenny Monday, and in this centre stage we have Laura Scruggs reading an excerpt from her play Punk Grandpa. Laura is one of our member playwrights living in the United States. To begin, we have Laura reading from the play. Laura's work is copyright, and if you're interested in performing any of her plays, you can contact her through womenplaywrights.org or her webpage, lauraforscruggs.com. That's all in lowercase and one word, Laura for Scruggs, L-A-U-R-A-F-O-R-C-E-S-C-R-U-G-G-S dot com. Here is Laura reading from Punk Grandpa. Hello, this is Laura for Scruggs, and I'm reading the opening monologue of my play, Punk Grandpa. I'm sorry, God. I just can't do it anymore. It is 7 a.m. on a Monday before school. I am in kindergarten. It is December of 1981, and I live in normal Illinois. I am five and three-fourths years old. I am doing my morning devotions, and I read the verse, Pray Without Ceasing. For this is the will of God, King James Version. So, I start making my bed. Pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God. But God, how can I pray without ceasing forever? But I have to. It's in the Bible. I look down at my precious moments bedspread that says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Exactly. I know. I can do this. And with joy. Pray without ceasing. But God, how can I pray without ceasing during school? And after school? During play practice? I was a green bean in a play at church called Clarence the Carrot. And while playing over at my friend Elizabeth Rose's house tonight... There were elves that played hockey with ice cubes in her freezer. If I were praying without ceasing, every time someone opened the freezer door, bam! I would get hit with so many ice cubes. The morning before, while waiting for church to begin, I was holding my offering money in my right hand very tightly because I was nervous that I was going to lose it. But it got really hot, so I switched it to my left hand. It was then that I realized, too late, that I broke the Bible. I had sinned because of that verse. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I was a very serious child. I had to get all A's in school, be top quizzer in junior Bible quizzing, be early for everything, be a good steward of my time, money, and talents for missionettes, Christian Girl Scouts, 
obey all grown-ups. And every time I saw a swimming pool, I had to swim the entire length of it underwater, both ways. Oh, it took a lot of work. I was exhausted. I might have been serious forever and started gathering animals for the ark if it weren't for my outrageous, unforgettable, wildly inappropriate punk grandpa. We now have a short interview with Laura. Um, we met via Zoom, so there are a couple of external noises. But I started the conversation with asking the question, what happens next in the play, Punk Grandpa? Grandpa comes on and they dance together pretty ferociously. <laughs> and then she goes to his house, um, has breakfast, uh, a breakfast scene before going to church. So the breakfast scene is when she pours a lot of syrup on her pancakes and her grandpa says, oh, that'll put hair on your chest. And she does not understand what that means. And all day long, adults are teasing her. And, well, I don't think it's it's bad to give away this part. Uh, you know, it, he um, at one point when she's asleep, um, completely unbeknownst to her, he cuts off part of his hair on top of his head and tapes it to her chest. <laughs> so she wakes up with hair on her chest the next day. And... So it's obviously um, a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you write this uh, for you to perform or for a particular um, company? I did write it to perform. It wasn't my idea, but I was in a playwriting class and someone said, this should be a one-person show. And so I had to get it done because I got into the Chicago Fringe Festival in 2013. And now it has become a multiple character cast. And now I'm not... I'm not putting myself down, but I think it's better without me because it's more objective and universal. And the character, actresses who have played it now, I think have found more conflict that I wouldn't because, you know, I just worshipped my grandpa so much. So, yeah. And um, so you said you're in a playwriting class. What was it that made you write this in the first place? Well, another friend the reason I started writing, I mean, when I was little, I would write, I was trying to write a little library of books of, uh, you know, children's stories about birthday parties and animals and things like that. But um, another friend asked me to write with her on her play called Meet Me on the Ceiling. And it was about a woman named Mrs. Swock, as in Sealed with a Kiss. And she's helping a misfit young boy named Onoff. And his name is a combination of two German prepositions. Um but after I did that, then I decided if I was going to write, it'd have to be at my grandpa because he had one of the biggest impacts on my life um, because he wasn't afraid of anything. And I was afraid of most things. <laughs> so and I just put a lot of pressure on myself. I was the oldest child, the first grandkid, and I just, you know, wanted to get all the A's and be in every club and do everything you're supposed to do. So you help me relax and realize you don't have to do that all the time. And it's going to be okay. You know, <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, but he wasn't worried about what anybody thought and he was fully himself. And so did you take on those characteristics that he was really trying to um, teach you? 
in a lot of ways, yes. Uh, I still have some neuroses for sure, but overall, yes. I, you know, I love fairies, and uh, that's something that's not understood by a lot of people. But I really embrace that, and I know that he wouldn't mind. At the end of the play, I, uh, the current draft, I dance with him as a fairy. So, or he's a puppet, and I dance with him. And so what kind of um, responses have you had from audiences to the play? It's Thanks for asking. It, it's gone mostly really well. You know, I've had the fortunate opportunities to get to do it many times, um, many fringe festivals. And so I have a friend, Barbara J. Wells, uh, another playwright who said that she wished that she could meet him. You know, it's the only thing they don't get to meet him because he's not around anymore. He would have been 101 years old this year if he hadn't passed away due to Alzheimer's. And the Alzheimer's Association has been wonderful. They've come out to a number of shows and spoken at the end. It's also been used as a fundraiser for that since he passed away due to that. I think that this isn't the only play you've written, is it? That's right. (laughs) That's right. So I also wrote a play called Heart of Fairy, which is essentially, again, about being a freak, not fitting in, um, then experience a significant loss. Um, it's a loss of a baby um, and how she finds her tribe and heals. I also did an adaptation of uh, Macbeth, The Magic of Lady M. And it's very pro, um, a sex positive, that's what I want to say, a sex positive show. Um, the first thing I knew is that M- Macbeth would be bisexual. He used to be with King Duncan and now he's got to prove himself to Lady M. And Randy Rainbow is one of the witches and is a whole new uh, meaning given to um, Macduff not being born of a woman as he was born to a transgendered man. So um, I had a lot of fun with that. And right now I'm writing a play about Jane Addams' work with children at Chicago's Whole House and the impact of childhood upon us. It seems like you need um, an issue to um, inspire you to write a play. Is that right? Yeah, I think that the main theme for me is not fitting in. <laughs> I did write about misfits, and I love writing about family and childhood and romance and magic, especially fairies. <laughs> so when you um, begin to write a play, What's the process for you? Do you just sit down and write it or, you know, um, is there a way that you go about it in particular? Um, I love research. Um, I can spend a lot of time on that. Um, And I like to talk about it with other people too. I think a lot of discoveries come when you're just talking out loud. I find it to be very collaborative and I'm slow. Um, It takes me a long time. Actually, right now I'm doing another draft of Punk Grandpa that I also won't be in. Um, And now it's switching more to the theme of Grandpa took care of her and now she will take care of him when he gets really sick. I actually just came from a session right before this working with my writing teacher. I've had a couple directors decide to have an older Laura and a younger Laura. So right now we're thinking about having in the first scene the older Laura narrate, but then in the second scene, the young Laura narrates, giving that power to the child. When did they get to do that? You know, and 
they're dressed up like a fairy <laughs> and they will get to command the stage. Yeah, and also the parallels of Laura being so neurotic, but of grandpa having that feeling when he has Alzheimer's of being alienated and scared, not understanding what's going on. Um, and that's drawn from your experience with your grandpa before he died? Mostly, yes. I, I was not a primary. I mean, he was in a home. I, you know, I visited him a lot, but I wasn't in charge of his care. But yes, it's based on my life, but not a documentary. And you were just talking about having um, playwriting teachers. So this is um, this is where you get to discuss your ideas and mm-hmm. stand upon them. And is that where you're kind of, you know, working through your ideas with, with someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really love to collaborate with Arlene Malinowski is her name. I met her through Chicago Dramatists. And she really understands my voice and really helps me tell my stories. Uh, it sounds like you're aiming for that um, unique voice. So when you were sort of saying that you like to write about misfits and different sorts of characters, it's it sounds like you're trying to lift them up um, make them um, something really special. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, um, to celebrate it and just be full out yourself. Definitely a theme with my writing. Mm-hmm. And is it possible to kind of get down um, a little further into the nitty-gritty? So you're saying um, broadly what you're working on and you like to research What's the process? Are you writing while you research or does all of the research happen and then you decide to write the play? How does it How does it happen for you? I feel like there's always more research that could be done. Um, but I I still keep reading about Jane Addams because I'm obsessed with her um, because her childhood is such a direct parallel to what she ended up doing with her life. Um, when she was very young, she had this very vivid dream that everyone in the world was dead, except for her. And it was her responsibility to restart the universe. And she just knew that for some reason, a wagon wheel was what would do it. And so she would go to visit the, you know, the blacksmith and try to figure this out. But she um, also, when she was very young, her dad took her to a poor section of town and she's like why do people live like this because she was very rich and her dad said well not everyone has the same opportunities as you and if you do have resources you should help others and she's like someday I'm gonna have a big house right in the middle of all like houses like this not not you know amongst other houses that are rich but amongst houses like this and invite everyone to live with me you know and have a diverse group of people how does that now um, go into the play? Are you depicting that in the play that you're writing? Currently it is in there, yes. Both of those scenarios showing how childhood is so important and directly impacts us. And then I show her work with the kids. Um, she was the first woman garbage inspector in the city of Chicago. And the kids loved it and they would chase after her. She was, you know, on her garbage cart and her neighborhood went from having the seventh largest death toll to the third after she literally scraped dirt away, you know, just cleaned up. And 
she also, her and her volunteers built the first playground in the city of Chicago. And the kids were hiding in the side of the playground the day that they had the opening ceremony. They dug a tunnel underneath and they were hiding in there the day they opened up the doors. <laughs> and uh, the other main thing I'm writing about in, in regards to her work with children is um, how she fought for the right of child factory workers. So I'm on my ninth draft, so it's not done yet, but but we do talk about ideas. Um, so I have a lot of characters, you know, possibly puppets, um, possibly. Lots of wagon wheels, lots of possibly using bodies. I love using actors' bodies, you know. Um, and yeah, we're still figuring that out. That's a very good question, but it'll be produced in 2022 to 2023 that season because of COVID, naturally, it's been postponed a little, so. Um, I'd love to say that Naked Angels has been an incredible artistic home for me. I started going over COVID online, and it's a weekly online cold reading series. It's also in New York, Miami, LA, and then Chicago. And so they read 10 minutes of um, five different pieces each night and there's a musical guest and it's just been so supportive and encouraging to me and to really be full out myself they they say they have a bottom drawer policy they encourage you to submit what you're afraid of to show your spouse your friend what you're afraid someone's going to find it in your drawer you know and they actually used my play sexy grandma in the crossover uh, national episode and I don't know why they picked me. Um, it was, but they—that's that's that's what they're about. They're about you really expressing your truest, deepest self, and um, they let me be myself there. So I really shout out to Joshua Farden and Patricia Farden, co-creative directors there, and Connie Coens is the musical director. So I want to say that's been a, an incredible community. I recommend it to other writers. Thanks very much to Laura Scruggs for meeting with me via Zoom. Laura is one of our members from the United States. Thanks very much for listening in to Centre Stage. There'll be more soon.